0: Hi, Ina here. Quick warning, this episode starts right off the bat with some explicit language. So if you have little ones around, this is the time to put on your headphones or to wait until they're not around anymore.
1: Okay, ready? The episode begins now. I've talked to so many successful entrepreneurs that you wouldn't expect, myself included, being like, I just wanna burn my business to the ground. Like, I'm just so Mm -hmm. over this. Like, I don't do any of this shit anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know how many times I could count I've had those experiences. If you've been around the coaching world for a
0: couple of years, you would recognize Jen Casey's voice anywhere. Seven figure entrepreneur, spiritual business coach, and host of the CEO Psyche podcast, Jen has come a long way from her humble beginnings as a waitress in New York City. And you bet I asked her all about how she became one of the top online coaches in the world and yes she does talk about wanting to burn her business to the ground sometimes but also her incredible
1: rise to the top we had like over 100 people in in our programs like overnight so when you grow that quickly there's there's some definite like growth challenges where you're like "I, i need to have capacity to actually be able to serve all these people in this interview,
0: I asked Jen all those questions she doesn't get anywhere else. Trust me, I looked, so that you can get a clear picture for how a regular psych major can turn into one of the most sought-after coaches and speakers. Stay tuned for all those details. Now we have to cut the interview down for the podcast, but I kept the full interview inside our uncut vault at theglobalphenomenon.com/uncut, which you can access is completely free. In the full version, you'll hear more about the surprising details behind Jen's career. Did you know that she used to be a professional actress? You bet I asked her all about that part of your life, as well as how she really got into spirituality. For that and more, listen to the full version for free at theglobalphenomenon.com uncut. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I want you to join me in celebrating the end of season three of the Global Phenomenon Podcast. Starting next week, you'll join me down memory lane to bring back around some of my best past interviews. Pat Flynn, Laura Belgray, Rachel Miller, Lisa Johnson, all those interviews are coming back to grace the airwaves on Mondays. But you should know our Thursday companion episodes will continue to come to you fresh out of the oven every week. So keep listening for all those lessons you need to know as you grow your coaching business with a small audience. And if you enjoyed this season, please head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something. Nice, it really helps support the show. And thanks. Without further ado, here is our season closing event my interview with the spiritual CEO herself, Jen Casey. Welcome to The Global Phenomenon, the podcast about online coaching, the inspiring new career path responsible for multiple self-made millionaires, opening the doors for experts and professionals like you and me to stop living paycheck to paycheck and design a rich and abundant life with one purpose, to help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon today's episode begins now hi everybody the person we're interviewing today we're talking to today you've probably heard of she is the global phenomenon of uh the online coaching world and i can't wait to introduce you to jen casey hi jen how are you today i'm good so happy to be here i am so happy that you're here why don't we start really briefly What is it that you do right now and
1: who do you do it for? Mm. So it is interesting to ask that because we are in transition right now. So for many years, I was working with online coaches who wanted to build and sell online coaching programs, helping them niche down, really work on their program design, launch and sell. And in the last year, things have really been, and so I still have those offers, but things are really transitioning into much more spiritual uh, aligned offers and really helping people with more of the inside job of entrepreneurship. I can't
0: wait to dive into this, by the way. Yeah. So one thing that I like to start with is, you know, you've, You've made an amazing business like on your own. You've had an uh, amazing amount of success. And anybody that I say the name Jen Casey to, they know who I'm talking about. They've been following you for so long. You have an incredibly loyal and, and supportive fan base. And I like to start with how did you become a global phenomenon? Like, so take me back. I'm going to start in college. Okay. Take me back. You are a college student. You're studying psychology, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. I want to know, first of all, was psychology something that you were always drawn to? Is that something that you knew you wanted to study? Tell us how you arrived at that major, first of all.
1: Yeah. So I was sort of wanting to pursue musical theater, but also wanted to do psychology and ended up transferring schools a bunch. Couldn't really find my footing. Now I know, uh, I don't know if you are into human design, but as a three, five projector, apparently it is my aligned energy to be in trial and error and experimentation. So it all makes so much sense now, but at the time it just looked like what the heck is Jen doing? (laughs) And so, yeah, I really loved psychology since I was a little kid. I was always that friend that was the listening ear and giving people support. My mom and aunt are both therapists. So I was the three-year-old that was using correctly using words like ambivalent to express how I felt. And instead of saying, you know, my brother would always be really annoying, but instead of saying he was annoying, I would say, mommy, Peter's being (laughs) passive-aggressive and really understood those words. And that was my lexicon for for life. And most people had no idea what the heck I was talking about, but she thought it was funny to teach us, you know, psychology based words. So it's always been a part of, of like who I am, you know, just because that was like what I was raised on talking out your feelings and, you know, like all of that stuff. So I really love psychology and, you know, after college, I went for a uh, really pursue my acting career and what I found very interesting about the parallels of the psychology world and the acting world is in psychology you're looking at a fully formed human they have this challenge or the struggle and you're peeling back the onion layers to try to get to the essence and the root and the core of what is causing them to be stuck but in the acting world you're looking at a piece of paper with some lines of things that an imaginary person said and you have to take those words bring them to life and build this three-dimensional, truthful, authentic human with all of the quirks and nuances that people have. And so I see it acting as the reverse of psychology. And so it was really interesting for me to be able to explore that world from both angles. And I feel like that really gave me a different insight and perspective on, you know, the human condition.
0: So let me ask you, there are two people in your life that I, I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about. One of them is Angie Lee. Can you tell us who Angie Lee is? And right now, remember contextually, we're thinking you're really decided to go all chips into your online business. Who is Angie Lee and what part did she play at that time?
1: So she and I decided to partner in business together in 2016. And we had a program that we launched together and we did that for a year and a half.
0: And that was the Wellpreneur Academy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So funny things happen with. Partnerships, right? Is yeah. you know how do you know when it's a, when it's going to be a good one that it, you know, is going to serve you for that time, and when is it time to part? And I see this usually as a marriage, you know, mm-hmm. is because you're really it, aligning both of your visions together and saying we're all in together. Um, I'd love to know uh, what was that partnership like, and how did it finally evolve into uh, you guys going into business on your own.
1: Yeah. So it, it definitely evolved. Like you said, like having the lessons that I've learned is like making sure that you have the same vision, but also recognizing that like everybody's vision evolves. So being able to come to each other and have open conversations and check in and, and really figure out like, does the vision that you have still the vision that aligns with like where we're going? Cause things grew very quickly uh, mm-hmm. for us. I think too, a big lesson I learned is like really having a, a big conversation around what are your values in business Um, because I don't think we were fully aligned on our values. There were things that were very important to me about, um, you know, and and it's not that we didn't have the same values, but it was more of the order. Like when you look at somebody and you're even hiring now, that's such an important part of our hiring process, being able to look at what is most important, like what are your top three values? Because those are going to be the things that primarily drive your behavior. And Mm -hmm. so for me, like customer service and quality experience, was above all. And so I was willing to, you know, give refunds in a, in a different capacity, or be like, you know what? I, I heard this person. They didn't feel like this met their expectation. You did the sales call. I did the sales call. This was not met. We didn't communicate this effectively. Like how can we change this? Cause we grew so fast. We had like over a hundred people in, in our programs, like overnight. So yes. when you grow that quickly, there's there are some definite like growth challenges where you're like, I need to have capacity to actually be able to serve all these people. Mm-hmm. And when you're not expecting a hundred people to join, you're maybe expecting 40. And all of a sudden you have a hundred or 150. It's like, okay, wait, that's going to be a lot more energy. These coaching calls are going to be run a little bit differently. Not everybody's going to get to be heard and ask a question. So like, how are we navigating those things? And so, um, yeah, like those were, th- we just had very different ways that we saw the business evolving. And we saw the way that we, you know, wanted to reach people and serve people in very different ways. So ultimately decided to to end the partnership. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me in a little bit on the, that launch, you know, getting so many people in so quickly. Um, I would love to know what was going on with you at the time did you expect such an amazing success and to what do you credit it what do you think were the things like i i can see in hindsight why it worked
1: Mm. what
0: were those reasons that you believe it really resonated with people
1: so this was the the first big one was in 2016 so that was when live video had first come out on facebook Mm -hmm. and most people were not getting on live most people it's so funny to think about now where everybody's on stories everybody does live videos But at that time, people were absolutely terrified to be on live. And I had this long history of a performance background. So by like my third or fourth live video, I was like, I got the hang of this thing. First couple were, you know, full-blown like sweaty moments. But um, we actually met through like a community and she saw some of my live videos and was like, we should connect. We should mastermind together or whatever. And that was like kind of the beginning of, you know, she was also doing a lot of live videos. So we both had... Uh, a lot of very fast visibility through Facebook live and very active Facebook groups. And when we ended up sort of combining forces, I think we kind of cornered the market on um, health coaches and really serving that niche. Like she had this certification background in, in nutrition and I had my network marketing background and also I taught group fitness classes. So I had like, we both like just our past experiences kind of lined us up perfectly to serve this community and either other, even other people who were teaching business, they were teaching it to very broad niches. And because we narrowed in so quickly and had the experience, we were able to like, for example, bring in an expert to talk about the legalities of what types of food plans you were able to legally offer based on your state, because there's some states where you cannot give somebody a personalized meal plan, unless you're a dietitian. There's some states where, so we were bringing in this deeper layer of understanding that some of these very well-known, you know, business and marketing programs, you know, similar things that they were teaching, but they were teaching it to such a broad market that it wasn't as applicable in the way that we had really, um, you know, kind of presented things And, and people were getting amazing results as from it. So,
0: yeah. And um, what you just mentioned about live streaming is that effect that it has to have a brand new way to deliver a message, right? That at first, you know, it grows slowly and then it just kind of catches fire. I am curious, what do you think is the 2022 version of live streaming, not necessarily live streaming. You know what I mean? Like the 2022 version of like the thing that is catching fire right now that people need to get on. I'm curious if you have an opinion about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for a second it was reels like early last year, but I think probably TikTok is, is where we're seeing things like, I love Gary Vee, and he, you know, talks about how a couple of years ago it was like everybody was hopping off of Facebook and really just growing their businesses on Instagram, and Instagram started bringing in all of these new features and things like that. And now, sort of Tik uh, TikTok has taken over and dominated the market, and sort of we're seeing a lot of people like, "Where is all my engagement on Instagram? Who's not? Like everyone's kind of the it's like follow the attention. Where is the attention? And like, yeah, we kind of hit the Facebook Live market when everybody wanted to sit in and, and watch live videos and podcasts were still like young at that time. Um, and so, yeah, I think TikTok is probably the, the closest equivalent to like what, where the attention is right now. I think YouTube too. I think YouTube is like, I mean, it's the second largest search engine in the world, you know, after Google. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, the friends that I have seen consistently pull in, you know, automated revenue. It's like they all have a presence on YouTube and some of them don't even post that regularly anymore, but they've built audiences over the years. Wonderful. So there is somebody else.
0: I, I initially said there are two people I wanted to ask you about. The second person is Lauren Ellis Love. Lauren Elizabeth is a very successful spiritual healer by the way everybody can go listen to her episode with me it's episode 37 of this podcast right here and I know you just had her on your podcast can you plug
1: that in right now sure uh, on the CEO Psyche podcast <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was but it
0: was, it was around around, around
1: the, the May time frame
0: go mm-hmm. and find the interview with Lauren Elislove so Lauren Love, you might want to know she was the first global phenomenon that I saw as a global phenomenon. She was one of the first people that I started following when I started my business. Mm -hmm. And she's the one that really showed me what an online business could be at the time she had the Badass Businesses Business Babes brand. And I followed everything she did. And I'm not shy about this. I told her all about it when I met her. I'm like, I've just read and watched everything you have put out. I've just been a big fan of hers for a long time. And um, in her podcast, she talks about the feelings of Comparisonitis that she felt when she was building her business, and she would always kind of relate it to being friends with you and watching how your business just skyrocketed, and how she was feeling like, "Well, why is my business not working?" And she is, you know, I know that you guys are great friends, um, and she has, you know, she has blown up as a healer, and everybody should go follow Lauren of Love on Instagram. And I, I wanted to know if you, if you knew that she felt that way and what. Uh, what was your perspective of, you know, because you guys would mastermind together. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that relationship with Lauren.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, her and I have had many conversations behind the scenes and, you know, are best friends and, you know, spend time together in person as much as we can and have been mastermind partners since the early days of both of our businesses, definitely the early days of her business, because I was already doing network marketing for a few years. But she was really the first mastermind partner that I found who could hold space for me and kind of keep pace and had the same hunger and, and tenacity and desire to really build something. And so we would be at Tony Robbins together and she was my roomie for like every event and, you know, just like my real life best friend. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been really beautiful to have different dialogues over the years. And I did a sisterhood podcast with her and Catherine Zanchina and Ashley Gordon and Stephanie Bellinger and Stephanie Burgos where we just talked about, um, you know, just growing together as, as a group of friends and, you know, how different things will, you know, will trigger each other in different ways. And I think something that Lauren and I have done really well in relation to, you know, like comparison is just really understanding each other's, like, sisterhood wounds and like female relationship wounds. And we always do a really good job for each other of holding space for those conversations. And I think we're at a place now where like we've had different challenges over the years and it's, it always comes back to, I know that you're not going anywhere. Like, even if you're making 10 times the amount of money as I am, or even if, you know, I'm like having this bout of depression, like you're not fucking going anywhere. Like you're stuck with me. <laughs> like you can push me away all you want, but you're stuck with me for both of us, right? So I think that we've really, through the f- different struggles that we've had together and individually, we've really been so open and communicative about all of those things. And really with my my whole, all, all of the, the close women in my life now, we, we just have this deep understanding of each other's triggers so that we know how to navigate those seasons of life together and make sure that each person feels really safe in the relationship to be fully yeah. seen and to be fully vulnerable so it's like if I'm struggling with something I'm not comparing myself to her I'm just going like hey I really really need help you know
0: yeah I think that the the reason I bring this up uh, number one is because I'm a huge fan of Lauren and um, and I wonder if You have ever felt or struggled with comparisonitis, following people that you admire and at the same time have these conflicting feelings about?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've told the story of like walking into a high level mastermind, when was this, 2017 with some of the top names in the online space who were making, you know, multiple millions at the time. And I had just parted ways with a partnership and sort of was like starting over in a lot of ways. And I walk into this room and I see this one particular table of like the people who I've most admired. And I'm standing there going, please, dear God, let there be another open seat. Let there be another open seat. Don't make me sit there. And there was not. And it was a beautiful experience of really, you know, challenging some of those upper limits and fears and, you know, questions in my mind of like, how can I possibly add value to these people who have been in this for so much longer than me? And, um, it's funny Zach Spuckler was in that group and me and him were like the youngest people there we're the only one like in our 20s and i'm like yeah Zach we're like it's okay like you know like i think i think we got we got time like we're 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 here we're like the young youngins. that this was years ago you know but it's really cool to see how all of those things will evolve and just getting to be in that mastermind i think that quieted a lot of the comparison cuz you get to hear from these people who are the you know best of the best in the industry crushing it having these massive teams massive successes and it's like oh they feel uncomfortable getting on video because of their weight. Oh, they didn't know how to fire somebody and you know kept them on payroll and just had this like awkward dance with them and they fired them and then they came into work the next day because they didn't fire them <laughs> clearly enough. You know, it's like all these like little weird things that you know we're all going through them. So I think that was um, a really beautiful like recognition and reminder and getting to just see everyone's humanness. Yeah, and by the way, just as a
0: reference, Zach Spockler was on this podcast, and everybody can go check it out on episode thirty-three. Um, I love, absolutely love the man. Let me ask you something. From your podcast episodes, from the from the the research that I've done, from my extensive homework on Jen Casey, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that stands out is that, especially at first, there was a lot of really like. Type a strategy-focused energy in your business, mm-hmm. and now that you know, you just said it at the top of the show, which is you are really pivoting to a more of a, a spiritual, um, a spiritual look at business, a spiritual path for online coaches out there, and for many of many people, for many of our listeners, those two things appear to be in opposition. They don't have to be, but they seem to be. It's like the opposite of type A strategy, masculine energy is spirituality and the feminine energy and, you know, and Mm -hmm. all of those things. I would love for you to teach us a quick lesson on that, on why do we see them as opposites and what is it really?
1: Ooh, why do we see it as opposites? Um, I think a lot of people distort the feminine and masculine energy into like female and male. And I mean, there's like a whole other podcast that could be created around just like the gender binary. I highly recommend that you go follow Alok on Instagram, one of my favorite people to follow. Absolutely brilliant and really unpacks all of the things around the gender binary and all of the misconceptions related to that. And I've learned so much from them about that and really just understanding why we put things in this binary thinking. Um, but yeah, for me, it's been really interesting over the last couple of years, getting to work with so many entrepreneurs. And I was doing a Q&A maybe six months ago uh, with a, like, I have like a baby offer for content repurposing thing. And I was like, let me just do like a Q&A in here. I want to connect with these people. And it was wild to me that when everybody first introduced themselves and just said like, oh, this is what I do. Everyone leaned into this more like tangible masculine side of of what they do. And as we all started talking and unpacking their questions, it's like, oh yeah, like I am an event planner, but I'm also a psychic and I see beings and I'm like, what, where the frick was that at the top of this? Like, why, why, are, what's going on guys? And it was like one after another, after another, after another. So it was really interesting and such a mirror for me as well of like, wow, okay, this is something that. I need to just like really lean into even more and speak about um, because really for my clients, like the biggest thing that they will tell me is that they really wanted to find a mentor who was embodying both the feminine and the masculine who could be on a call and pivot and have a conversation about let's dive into the nuances of your webinar slides and what's not working and how do we really like unpack the psychology of these slides and what is not in the right order, what's in the, not, not the right structure, but then also being able to like help them clear an entity that's, you know, hanging out in their shoulder and like do energy work with them. So it's like being able to say that those are not different things. And I understand that a lot of people in the marketing space, it's like, oh, if you're spiritual, you have to be talking about your yoni and wear flowy dresses and, you know, whatever that is. And it's like, you don't, they don't need any of that. Like, these are all just like, made up branded archetypes that people have fallen into and pigeonholed themselves into, but your self-expression can be whatever the hell you want it to be. And if you embody both of those things, then yeah, why not talk about like I, as, as I have a program called pitch to your niche. So it's like, I understand the value of niching, especially when you're first getting started. That was how things really blew up for me is, you know, really specifically working with health coaches But, you know, I think as the online space has evolved over the last couple of years, I think people are just really, especially after the last two years, like really just creating connection and authenticity and really looking for somebody to model what they want to embody or what they already feel they have embodied. They just don't know how to express it in a way that's marketable. They're like, oh, I can't be all of the things that I am. And I have to just limit it to one thing. And while I understand, you know, there's a lot of growth opportunity within having niched accounts I also think that for some personality types and human design types, that's actually not the most authentic way of putting yourself out there and could actually be hindering your growth.
0: What would you say to someone that is still in that space, that is still feeling like, no, but Jen, you don't understand. There are things that I have to do, right? Even though I don't want them to, that's what life is. What would you tell them?
1: That you get to choose your own narrative, you get to be the author of your life. And so if that's the story that you want to write, then great. That's the story that you're choosing. And I also realize there are some situations where there are certain like baseline need things like, well, somebody needs to do the dishes. Like, what do you mean? Jen? Just because like, I get to be the author of my own life. I author out that dishes don't need to be like, I understand that. That's not really, I think we're talking bigger, conceptual, visionary level um, type things, but also it's like, if you don't like doing dishes, like, okay, maybe today is not the day where you hire support, but maybe that's something that you can allow yourself and give yourself permission to start envisioning for the next year the next 5 years next 10 years next 20 years who knows like maybe in 20 years you're not doing any dishes and you have someone there and you never have to do dishes again like if that's a thing you really don't doesn't bring you joy so it's just about giving yourself that that permission to be the author instead of stressing about changes that have to happen tomorrow
0: yeah it's well, how much do you think has to do with wanting to have more control over your life for some reason I think of the word control as a negative when really like the what I the way that I look at intuition is not I want to be able to to have agency in my own life, but the word control somehow feels off. Why is that something do you feel? Am I crazy?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's the, the context in which in which we're looking at this from a spiritual perspective, I, I think, where my brain is going with this right now as you're asking this question and I'm processing it is just that, at least for me, when I've tried to control things, I have limited the lens of possibility. Mm -hmm. So to give some context and an example, when I was in the network marketing space, I created this rule and I was kind of subconscious at the time. I didn't quite recognize or label it as a rule, but I created this rule that I wasn't allowed to pivot or transition until I hit a certain monetary goal, even though for the last three months, my finances in that business were starting to dip because I already knew that it was, I already had gotten the message that it was time to leave, that it was no longer aligned, but I kept myself caged in this rule, this story that I had created that I, it wasn't valid for me to leave until I had achieved X, Y, or Z. And so I was trying to control the universe. I was trying to control how my money would come in. And when I finally decided to transition, it was actually a friend of mine. We were, um, she, I was in a law of attraction meetup group. I was the youngest one in it by like 20 years. And the leader of the group, Helen said to me, I want you to be my social media coach. And I was like, Helen, I only really work with people in my network marketing company or extended team. Like I don't do coaching outside of it. She was like, I don't care tell me how much I can pay you. And like, I want to meet with you and I want you to teach me because she was a life coach and wanted to like build online. And I was like, all right, let me, let me go think about it. And I eventually came back to her and I was like, okay, I'm going to be charging a hundred dollars an hour. I was gonna charge her $30 an hour. Um, and we did a hundred dollars an hour ended up being, you know, we would meet at Starbucks once a week. And it was like my, my first moment where i actually said yes to other opportunities but where previously i had maybe said oh like that's not what i do or i was just creating all these rules around how money could come in because i wanted to be in control of things and wanted to do it in the timing that i thought was best but actually there was a very different timeline that i had energetically aligned with and i didn't even realize it so it's like this or something better
0: right and this or something better and it's either a hell yes or a no right Mm -hmm. is following your gut and doing what you feel in alignment to do. Let me ask, as we're starting to wind down, there is one big question that I have for you. You hit seven figures in your business. What is the biggest difference between being a six-figure entrepreneur and seven figures?
1: So this is a very interesting question. So I would say, there's there's so many things going through my head right now. The biggest difference between, one thing I'll say is, seven people who are achieving more. If they're achieving it in a way that is aligned, it's not that they're not dealing with the same problems as you. They're just resolving them more quickly. Mm -hmm. So one of like my, really my only catchphrase is all success is state dependent. And so one thing that I've noticed about friends of mine who have seven multiple seven figure businesses is that they've done the inner discovery. I don't like calling it inner work. They've done the inner healing inner discovery and they understand how to regulate their nervous system more effectively. And that allows them to stay clear headed when solving problems. And so instead of, let's say somebody who's a newer entrepreneur, I don't even, cause any, anybody can like, I, I, had multiple six figures out the gate and it was, I I wasn't quite sure how to handle all that money. So I don't even know if money is like the best measure just based on my own experiences, Mm -hmm. but the people who are consistently achieving more from an aligned place, they are able to pivot, make decisions more quickly, follow their own decision-making style. And like, if you follow human design, it's like some people decide in the moment, that's what, like I get my decisions immediately. For somebody who's a reflector, they will... Have to wait like a full moon cycle or something. Other people they have to feel into their gut. One of my clients, she is an emotional. Um, she has to respond emotionally, so it's like she goes through this like emotional roller coaster. And then once the emotion passes, then she can make the decision. So I think just really like understanding yourself, how you best make decisions, how to be supported. It's like the people who are consistently making more from an aligned place have figured, have struggled through and figured out how to navigate all of those nuances. And they're able to achieve more without burning out.
0: I love that. I love that answer so much. I've never actually heard anybody say that, (laughs) like, clearly. Um, Uh Well, I've never
1: heard anyone ask that before. So I'm like, okay, hold on. I need to, like, think about this for a second. I need a beat.
0: So thank you so much for sharing that with us. So let me ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful businesswoman?
1: That, well, I don't know. i maybe that everything is, is, comes easily. I've had people say to me, even about like my live videos. Oh, you're so precise in the way that you deliver it. I'm like, uh, well, when I have webinars, I was just talking to a client the other day, we were talking about webinars. She's like, yeah. But the way you deliver it is so concise. I'm like, girl, I got a script. She's like, you script it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just really good at like teleprompter level reading. She's like, well, what, like, what makes you script it? I said, look, I used to just ad lib it, but for a webinar, you want it to be 60 minutes if you can. So I know myself and I'm like, I have dialed it into just making sure that I'm maximizing those 60 minutes to the most. And yeah, that takes a lot of time behind the scenes. And I think it's easy to look at somebody and think, oh, they, that just must come naturally to them. But you're not seeing the hours Behind the scenes and the grit that goes into it, and the tears that go into it, and like the meltdowns <laughs> and like the like crises. One thing I will say too, like. I've talked to so many successful entrepreneurs that you wouldn't expect, myself included, being like, I just want to burn my business to the ground. Like, I'm just so Mm -hmm. over this. Like, I don't do any of this shit anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know how many times I could count I've had those experiences. And I think people are surprised, like newer entrepreneurs are surprised to hear that because they've had those experiences. And they're like, wait, that doesn't go away. And it's like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it does. It hasn't for me or any of my friends, so.
0: (laughs) All right. So if everybody who's listening had to do what you're about to tell them to do, And they have to do it. They have no choice in the next 24 hours. What would that thing be?
1: What's Coming through is take off the mask and stand in your authentic truth. If every single person in the entire world did that in the next 24 hours, it's just mind blowing to think what would be possible. Like conflict gone. Everyone just be in their truth.
0: Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for being so generous and answering all the questions wherever I wanted to take you. You went with me. So really, I I can thank you enough for your generosity today. So can you please tell everyone where to go and follow you, where they can get more of Jen Casey?
1: Yeah. So you can find me everywhere at HeyJenCasey, also HeyJenCasey.com, and also on my podcast, CEO Psyche.
0: Thank you so much. And we're going to put all of those links down in the show notes so you can all, and by the way, if you're in a podcasting app, just switch over from this one. This episode is over. Go switch over from this one. Go to CEO Psyche and go and subscribe to Jen's podcast. Thank you so much, Jen. This has been wonderful.
1: I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me here and thank you everyone for listening. This is so great.
0: Hey there, Ina here. After this interview, you may be wondering how you can shoot for the stars in your business. What should you be doing right now if you want to achieve the six and seven figure dream? Let me break it down for you in our next companion episode right after this one. So hit follow and subscribe on your app so you don't miss it. If you would like to listen to the full interview with all those details that only the super fans really want to know, go to theglobalphenomenon.com uncut and get free VIP access to the full library of all our uncut interviews. And thanks again for an amazing season. It has been incredible to talk to all of these online coaches and bring their lessons straight to you. I can't wait to bring more of these coaches to you in season four, which will come very, very soon, I promise. In the meantime, let's keep the conversation going. DM me at your engagement coach on Instagram or just start following there. I always have things to say about the online coaching world and they're all being shared on the gram. Again, my link is your engagement coach and I really hope to see you there and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at your engagement coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support.